from Marcy McCarthy, and I'm running for the first vice chair of the Georgia Republican Party. I want to share with you my thoughts on why it's time to elect new leadership to reinvent the Georgia GOP and how we can get ahead and why we need each other to win. First and foremost, I fight Democrats, not Republicans, and win. As Republicans, we have an opportunity to make our state party a year-round service organization. I want us to build on my success as the DeKalb GOP chairman, where we doubled Republican voter turnout in the midterm primary from 2018 to 2022 and increased the margins of victory by tens of thousands of votes in the general, which directly contributed to the re-election of Governor Kemp and the election of all our Republican constitutional officers. For the first time in decades, in the second bluest county, we made Democrats work harder and Republicans work smarter. We put 25 candidates on the ballot in the primary and then 17 in the general. We invested in many of them and took the financial burden off the table by paying for their qualifying fee with the caveat of running unopposed in the primary. This allowed our candidates to go head to head with a Democrat in the general. Georgia Republicans won on November 8, 2022, thanks to a strong slate of candidates, their positions on issues that matter to voters, and a targeted ground game. All of these factors are critical to win again in a battleground state with a growing group of independent, swing, diverse, and younger voters. By creating a candidate-driven infrastructure, we can inspire the talent that is comprised of a new generation of leaders that will govern and share our conservative values. It's time for the Georgia GOP to adopt a year-round approach working continuously during and between election years to maintain a field organization that leverages an intelligent digital infrastructure and stays connected with our county GOPs. You may ask, what does a year-round service organization mean? It means that we bring a year-round infrastructure for future electoral success. The methods that won us elections in the last few decades are just no longer effective. We will work continuously during and between election years to maintain a field organization that leverages an intelligent digital infrastructure and stays connected with our county GOPs. We will invest in a data-driven field program that is anchored in doors and calls and supported by targeted texts, direct mail, and digital ads, where we can get out the vote earlier, empowering our grassroots, and increase voter engagement, and most importantly, electing winning candidates. I wanna share with you my inspiration as to why I got involved. Like many of you, what is near and dear to our hearts is ensuring fitness, faith, integrity, and trust in our elections. The Election Integrity Act of 2021, also known as SB202, has brought forth new voter protections and has restored voter confidence. But ensuring fitness in our elections requires a proactive mindset and ongoing vigilance. The most recent example is the Georgia General Assembly's passing of SB222, now the blueprint for slamming the door on the Zuckerbucks loophole in Georgia and nationwide. Funded by Mark Zuckerberg's Center for Tech and Civic Life, DeKalb County 
was the testing ground for the Democrats to funnel private money to influence and buy Georgia's elections. It was a huge team effort and a heavy lift in a short period of time, but it came down to strong leadership and the ability to build trusted relationships with a common goal of fitness. When you talk about unity amongst the Republican Party, well, this is a real example, not just an empty campaign promise. This is why we need each other to win. I'm a person who gets things done. I'm someone who says something, does something, and over delivers. I will do that by continually working with and engaging with our county GOP congressional organizations, our elected leaders, and fellow grassroots volunteers, and by developing resources that will make our party a year-round service organization that is candidate-driven and provides the pathway to victory in 2024. Things that I'm already doing today as the DeKalb Republican Chair. I'm asking for your vote as the first Vice Chair of the Georgia Republican Party. I look forward to meeting with you as I travel around the great state of Georgia. I look forward to seeing you in Columbus in June. Please visit my website, marcymccarthy.us, to learn more. Thank you. Well, 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 welcome, 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 Patriot Saints, friends and family, once again to the Apostolic Conservative Show. I am your host, Will Jones, and I'm mighty glad to have you with us on tonight uh, as you get ready and we uh, enter into this episode uh, 514 uh, with uh, our co-host, uh, uh, Jimmy, the one-legged Patriot. And a very special guest uh, on tonight with uh, Marcy uh, McCarthy, uh, one of the dynamic leaders uh, in the state of Georgia. And uh, we'll be right back after uh, this message and we'll get them up uh, without any uh, further um, ado. just okay we was just quiet sitting back we was excited then when they start messing with them. no other choice but to step up Uh, uh, we're gonna put the star in the book, big box. So bear with us as we get this, as I get this sorted out. Are you guys able to hear me? Okay, uh, Marcy. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 
there's something it's, going in the background, like something it's, skipping. It's, 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 can you hear that, Marcy? It's, it's, yeah, I can hear that, and we can't hear her voice. It's, oh, yeah, it's coming. It's coming through, uh, Marcy. It's coming through your feed. Um, yeah, it's like it's almost like you're on repeat. No, I got it muted. I'm mute. I'm muting it. No. Can't hear you. Yeah, it's still doing it. Whatever it's doing, it's it's doing it, and we can't hear your voice. Maybe go out and come back in. Yeah, you know what? Let me do that. Let me do that on my side just to see if that helps. Um, maybe maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Let me see. I'll I'll go out and come back in. It's, it's, no, it's still doing it. Sounds like a CD skipping. <laughs> yeah, I, I've not experienced this before. Yeah, I've never heard it before. No, we're, we're going to get it worked out in a moment. It's, that's, it's, that's the, the life, trials and tribulations of live streaming. <laughs> yeah, live streaming. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's still doing it, Marcy. So let me. Okay, it's, maybe it's, try going it's, in and out on your it's, end, Marcy. It's, 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 like somebody saying it's, 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 definitely her. Yeah. came back and out, so. I hope we get this worked out. Um. So is DeKalb County like isn't that like like Palmetto like up northern Georgia? No, it, it's actually on the east side of Atlanta. Um, you okay. you it's but it's it's one of the largest counties uh, that we that we have um, in the state of Georgia and uh, very diverse county and very influential. They're they're definitely bigger than our county, even though we're all um, on the eighty thousand plus uh, voters uh, sp uh, spectrum for our party. Hmm. And oh, and if I if, and if I know her, she's gonna try to. Trying to try to go through and get it worked out before she even jumped back on. Is that better? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I figured that out did. what it was. You know what it was? Because the microphone that was defaulting is the Logitech camera, not my computer uh, as the microphone. So this should be better, I'm thinking, right? Yeah. It's yeah definitely better. Good. It's perfect okay. now. Sorry yeah. about that. Oh, no. Don't, don't worry. I, hey, I'm used to it over the last. A few years of doing this, there's been many, many different, you know, it, it is always something different. 
it, you know, scenarios that happen. But we're so excited to have you with us on today. And, um, you know, I was just, uh, Jimmy is, uh, out on the West Coast and, uh, it, it's, it's, it's Idaho, right, Jimmy? Yep. Yeah, he's he's way out out west, and so I'm just letting them know you're one, uh, you're in one of the largest counties that we have, um, larger population, and what you've been able to do and and been doing over there has just been phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, being that just like most places around the country where there's a large city in the county. It, they tend to lean um, lean blue, and you've done just a great job to be able to make the movement uh, for the Republican conservative base over there uh, to get people out to vote. And that's something that um, we're, you know, we're tasked with uh, over in our county over here. And so, really, I want to be able to glean some things from you, and I know uh jimmy will have some questions for you as well uh but i i definitely want to glean some things from you to see what it is um uh that you've been doing but before we go there would you please just uh tell us and tell our viewers that do not know you and who you are and how you got in uh you know you started getting involved in politics well thanks for having me on tonight i'm marcy mccarthy and i'm the DeKalb Republican chairwoman. I'm the, uh, I just was uh, unanimously elected for a second term and I'm running for first vice chair of the Georgia Republican party. And um, a little bit about myself. Um, I became a Georgia peach in 1994. I was a former mass hole. So got the heck out of Dodge. Uh, being the chair of the DeKalb Republican party, we live amongst a lot of a lot of Democrats for the second bluest county. As you mentioned, we are a very large county. We're actually the fourth largest county in the state of Georgia. And um, I like to fight Democrats, uh, not Republicans and win. And I just love making uh, Democrats work harder by we work smarter. So what we've been able to do in the midterm elections is double Republican voter turnout. Uh, and in the prime, in the general, we uh, increase the margins of victory by tens of thousands of votes leading to the, as we saw in the, um, my video, uh, to the re-election or election of our constitutional officers remaining Republican. We put 25 candidates on the ballot in the primary and 17 in the, in the general. This is the first time in decades that actually about 100,000 Republicans uh, that reside in DeKalb County had an opportunity to vote for someone that is has shared values and is like-minded and had a reason to come out and vote. So it was really poking big time at the Democrat, uh, the blue wall, they like to call it. So what we were able to do is take resources, time, and money, and we made candidates who had never had an opponent in their entire political careers actually go out and walk in parades to kiss babies and knock on doors uh, and couldn't spend the money and time on Stacey Abrams. So what we were able to do is really take away votes. And then additionally, you know, after the 2020 elections, uh, all of us got involved because you asked about sort of my involvement. I was very involved, uh, but not at this level. I was interested. Uh, I was inspired by President Tr uh, Trump, candidate Trump, when he came down the escalator. But following the 2020 elections, 
I, I saw something, I said something, uh, and testified in front of the Georgia Senate, the Georgia House. I spoke at CPAC and uh, was very inspired to run for chairman of the DeKalb Republican Party, which was incredibly dormant built a coalition uh, and sat down with and created a stakeholders organization and sat down with our um, counterparts uh, on the other side of the table, the Democrats, our election office leadership, and actually talked about what went right and what went wrong in the election. Um, we had uh, made decisions together and how things were gonna happen with poll watching, vote review panels, uh, and had everyone agree to that in writing and publish that and adhere to it during the midterm cycle. So what we've been able to do is really ensure fitness or now restore it to ensure it. Now, we definitely had a lot of problems, um, you know, over the, over the time period, but we built a rapport, a dialogue. We had a uh, escalation path if something was going wrong. We had to say, you know, mutual understanding of things that were supposed to happen or whether they weren't happening. We could we could have that conversation. And then, um, you know, fast forward, we got through the elections. People did have faith in the outcome of the elections. Um, and uh, we did well, you know, last November uh, overall. Now, certainly we didn't get our Senate seats, but we retained our majority in the General Assembly. We got all constitutional officers as uh, Republicans. And additionally, we uh, retained our majority in the General Assembly. So I'm proud of us. We still have a lot of work to do. Uh, and we can apply a lot of the things that we learned in DeKalb County statewide, because there's a lot of pockets of Democrats uh, overall, and we can make them work harder while we work smarter. Yeah. Now, we know that in uh, in your county, one uh, one thing was brought to light your, uh, in your county was the place where the 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 late it was a lady that came in third place in um, in her uh, race which she actually had won it was like the machine when the count went in she was third place after they did a recount, she actually won by like 3,000 votes. Now, were you guys instrumental on that or that was more even on the local level where they were able to uh, to push back on it? That was actually a true test of the relationship, the bipartisan relationship that we had been able to establish first and foremost. So okay. it, was a, it was a Democrat uh, that was running in their primary. There were originally four candidates in that race. Uh, one dropped out prior to election day. What we discovered after the fact is candidate three, as you mentioned, uh, voted along with her husband in her precinct on election day. And when they looked at the ticker tape after the fact and looked at the results, they saw that they had zero votes in that precinct. Yeah. Uh, so let's just say the husband didn't vote for her. <laughs> we <don't expect> <laughs> Right. To at a very minimum vote for her. So, but, you know, you would presume there should be at least two votes, but she had one, um, you know, early voting and, you know, was the front runner. If you looked at the metrics with, you know, absentee ballot and everything like that. But she um, uh, realized that brought that forth to the Board of Elections. And it was puzzling. Uh, after um, much debate, it was unanimous, actually, by the Board of Elections to actually go down the path of a, uh, a hand recount because they couldn't resolve the situation. It was very puzzling. 
So they started unpacking it a little bit and essentially discovered that the candidate, the fourth candidate did not, um, did not, uh, was not withdrawn properly out of the system in all aspects of the system. And then the testing of that candidate's withdrawal was not properly done. So wow. some instances, uh, in some methods of voting, there was actually four candidates, but three rows of processing, and then they could not, um, you know, uh, it couldn't process is what I'm trying to say. So the tabulation was off and then it lost the votes. So by doing the hand recount, it did a full reconciliation. Uh, and our, our Republican and Democrats sat down there as volunteers on Memorial Day weekend. We worked together. Actually, there were more Republican volunteers quite frankly, down there trying to resolve this as volunteers uh, than there wow. were Democrats. Uh, I'm, and I'm proud of our, our team. Um, and I'm proud of the efforts put forth. And I'm really proud of the fact that we were able to get the correct outcome. Interestingly, um, some of the Democrats wanted to cry foul uh, that there was cheating going on. This is all amongst themselves, you know, uh, mm -hmm. overall. And uh, filed a complaint with the GBI uh, Mary Margaret Oliver, and um, and she voted against SB 202. So, you know, here she's trying to, you know, utilize SB 202 and find this alternate path of law, you know, enforcement for election fraud, claiming it was fraud. They wrote her back saying there was no evidence of fraud. It was a, a programming, a people process and technology error. But the fact of the matter is she tried to use SB 202 because she didn't like the candidate that was actually truly the winner. Uh, wow. And claimed fraud. <laughs> Full circle, wow. right? Yeah. <laughs> it is something else. Yeah. So uh, in in your your early days, uh, you, and you said that there was a lot of work because there was a lot of working with uh, Democrats, you know, like, I, I, um, could you explain like how you were working with them that make them overall majority be willing to work with you all on getting to the right solution? What is it more so just that they had better character uh, than the one lady you mentioned to be willing to work with with everyone, or or, or you know is it uh, how much of a structure that you build with them over time? I guess that's what I'm wanting to get. You mean to. with the election board being the yes, election the, board folks? Mm, mm -hmm. Or in the election office leadership? Um, you know, I mean that we've had every every few months on a quarterly basis throughout the municipal elections last time and then leading into the midterm elections, we would meet almost quarterly with a uh, we would have the Democrats there closer to the election, even fair fight and Stacey Abrams representatives <coughs> showed up. But we had came in with a very defined agenda and uh, rules of engagement. So this is what we wanted to cover. Uh, and we agreed that we would cover that. And we had built a really strong working relationship, quite frankly, with the elections office uh, leadership and the second tier in command. And um, really, I felt very good about the relationships because there were a lot of some new people that came in, a new elections director. And then um, there were some legacy folks that were there for many years that had a lot of knowledge, but they were very open-minded. So let me give you an example. The one of the we have like voting month. We have 19, 18, 19 days of early voting possible 
in DeKalb County um, in the state of Georgia, you know, overall, depending upon how you do your Saturdays and Sundays, but that's what we have. So poll watches are volunteers and it's an extraordinary uh, effort to have these people work for free for 12 hours a day. So what we were able to, and know where you are on day 17 of early voting. I mean, I don't even know where I'm going to be half the time, you know, from one day to the next. Unless it's <laughs> yeah. schedule, right? But life happens. So what we we're able to do is a, um, have a rolling schedule uh, of credentialing. So we could submit on a weekly basis our, our poll watchers that were available for the following week versus all in one fell swoop on, you know, the first within a couple of days of early voting starting. And then we, um, you know, had the ability right before election day to do the same thing. And we also could have multiples pick up the credentials. So a husband could go down there for their husband and wife and get the credentials. Or, you know, we had started having some folks come in from out of town, as did the Democrats and everybody does. OK, so don't don't think it's like, you know, bad or anything, but. We were partnered with the National Republican Senate Committee and were able in the runoffs, for example, were able to pay. They paid our poll watchers to to be there. So we had almost 100 percent coverage uh, on runoff election day. But you had a lot of people coming in from everywhere to help us out. Uh, so the credentialing, um, long as we had a copy of their ID, you could have their credentials. It just simplified, actually, the pickup process and things like that. So. We did a lot of things that were just, to me, common sense uh, to make it more efficient uh, and more conducive. Our vote review panels, for example, where we were adjudicating ballots, uh, the threshold to have a vote review panel come together was about 20 ballots. Otherwise, you had just people sitting down there for hours doing nothing. But if there were 20 absentee ballots that couldn't be read by the scanning systems, we would convene a panel. We would um, have that decision made by about 11 o'clock in the morning. We'd have some people on standby uh, every single day during when they're doing this type of work, but they didn't have to sit down there, you know, for six hours waiting for one ballot to come through. It had, you know, a threshold of 20. Uh, and I think it worked really well. So we had a lot better volunteer particip participation. Our shifts for the poll watchers were allowed to be in four hour increments versus 12 or you know, six hours and things like that. So this allowed a lot of people to that are elderly, uh, stay at home moms, or just people that, you know, had other things to have happening, could commit four hours, but couldn't commit, let's just say eight or 12 hours. Was was that something uh, that the Board of uh, Elections uh, voted to have? Or is that something in the bylaws that in the state of Georgia, we all should have that opportunity because in 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 our county, they're making us. You know, if you start, you got to start and finish. You know, the whole time. That's what they're having us do. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I take that back. There's a, a kind of like a half half shift. Like, I'm sorry, I take that back. Uh, the watchers uh, are, are half shifts. Like uh, twelve, hour, I mean, not twelve hours, but whatever the split time is of the day, and then the uh, workers they have to be there the whole time, like nonstop. Now, is it just the watchers on your end that can break it up in four hours, or uh, workers as well? No, we have no responsibility for the workers; they're employees of the county. Of the county, uh, the volunteers that are poll watchers are the responsibility. 
of each political major political party, but both parties could have could put these procedures in place. And this is not any bylaws or any votes by any board of elections. Uh, this was simply a request and based on discussions that we had, I asked for this to have happen. And I said, this would be a lot better for us. Uh, you know, I would hope that it might be better for you Democrats, but better overall for everybody that's committing a lot of volunteer time. And we mm -hmm. want everything to go as smoothly as possible. And we talked through it and there was no reason why, because you're allowed to have two people per location uh, from one political party. And that is just kind of, you know, redundant, quite frankly. So my hope was to have one person as at many locations as possible, full coverage as possible. And we were able to do a lot better around that uh, goal and then we still never exceeded the threshold of having two people there at the same time. Now, okay. if there was a husband wife team, you know, we would pair them up that request, but that was few and far between. Uh, so long as we never exceeded in the building at the same time, two people, you could have four people participate throughout the day, long as they had their timeframes uh, that were scheduled overall. So okay. we, they were credentialed that way and it just was more efficient. And actually we got calls from all over the state asking, how did you do that? And I said, I just asked. <laughs> wow. And that, okay. So that's something that, that I'll definitely look into because we're at, at our um, precincts, we're being told that if we leave, then we can't come back. We, we can't come back. You know, or that if we if we leave, uh, then then that's that's it on on this shift. So maybe it it maybe because I hadn't I haven't heard anything or there's not been enough communication. Maybe it is something uh, that we can implement and basically just if one leaves and somebody else just come in on four. But that will well, they have that, to be credentialed. But they have to be scheduled and credentialed. So you can't just have someone come in off the street. It's already put in a, you know, a, a predefined schedule. They have the badge and credential to come in at the designated time. So they just, the, the, the key to the whole thing is sitting down at the same table over a series of many months and having um, about two, two to three hour meetings with a defined agenda. So taking baby steps each, each time. You can't ask 150 things out of one meeting you have to build the trust. You need to build the relationship. So pick the things that are most meaningful first uh, that you think might be low-lying fruit or some easy wins to build that trust and that consensus. And then you start going down the path of asking, can we do this? Or how, do, how does this work for you? And asking their opinion as well, because a lot of them actually have their own ideas on how to do this stuff better uh, they just thought it had to be done a certain way because it's always been that way. But they, the, most of them actually will tell you a different way and a better way if you just ask them. And they have very uh, opinions that you would not believe that are in much more in alignment. And this is not a political statement. It's about having fair elections so, and good procedures and good processes uh, in place and good communication. So if something does go awry, you can raise that flag if needed uh, and escalate it and have it resolved. So everything, you know, we had stuff that would be tenuous or misunderstandings, 
but I, we had a path with, through our board of elections and our elections director to get things resolved uh, in a timely manner. So most of the stuff was resolved within 24 hours. Wow. Well, yeah, it, it, I guess just like the Bible says, you, you have not because you ask not, you know, and, and, um, and that's one thing we got to, uh, start is, is a little bit, it sounds like a little bit better communication. Now, I don't, I don't know, uh, you know, we'll, it definitely starts with, with a dialogue and, um, that's something that, uh, I'll look into because I hear a lot of people, um, even in our, our county that are running for positions that talk about communicating with, with, uh, you know, people on the other side of the aisle. Um, and maybe this is just one step that we've not taken a, a full stride. I know that we do have, uh, people on the board, uh, of electors. Uh, as you said, it's, you know, it's supposed to be about, partisan thing where uh republicans and democrats are part of it um and i haven't dived into that so much of myself but it's something i'll, I'll definitely uh you know uh try to get it get to the table and and, and talk with them in the future and i definitely well, absolutely that, and then as this this is a county <coughs> chair you're um you're allowed to appoint your your representatives to the board of elections so uh, it's a two-year term, so uh, the next cycle actually comes up uh, in the end of June for a July 1st start date. So just as a point of reference, if uh, no one has shared that with you. Well, uh, you know, they, there's there's not really a handbook that's passed down, oh. and, and, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, as far as, I mean, like a chair taking over and um, and and having it, so I'm uh, honestly get, I'm getting bits and pieces, and there's people that there you know as it comes up they think of it you know, but there's not like a, a book like has a procedure. So thank you for for sharing that, and and I'm sure other uh, others that are listening that may become chairs one day can definitely have that um, as information uh, to themselves already. Um, yeah, so. Where um where are do you see Georgia going? Where do you see our um our our county our 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 state rather um when it comes to uh, a, a political arena? Um, where do you see us going in the future uh, right now? And well, first and foremost, for the Georgia GOP, we've got to be a year-round service organization. We have to work between election cycles and not reinvent wheels every time there is an election. And coming into my second term as uh, chair of the DeKalb Republican Party, I've noticed already some significant differences. We don't have Georgia Victory with us at this time, which is a joint venture between the RNC and, and Georgia GOP. So those folks that were with us at this point in time, last time uh, in the midterms are not with us now. So we don't have an infrastructure, we don't have a staff. And my biggest fear is after you know the elections take place for our state party leaders in June, we're gonna have to, we, we're gonna have to hit the ground running very quickly, but we're gonna be literally undoing everything that we did for the last two years because we have to bring in new people uh, and when are those people coming and the infrastructure, the data, the digital. So, we're, you know, the leadership that you we elect uh, for the state level has to be ready to work hard 
uh, and smarter and hit that ground running. It has to be experienced, not resting on the laurels of the past or being policy driven per se. Uh, we've got to really get organized. Um, we have 159 counties and a lot of the people uh, that have been elected in this cycle are brand new. So they had great plans about getting elected and they've been left out on their own. I've been able to travel throughout the entire state of Georgia and meet many of these new folks that have come on board. And the first question is, you know, I don't even know, like the, depending on the circumstances of their election, whether they had a, a good uh, transition or not so good transition, they're fighting over, you know, things like getting bank accounts, access to Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts and phones uh, and other equipment, uh, quite frankly. And that just, again, wastes time, creates bad goodwill. We need to help our county chairs with the transition of power, whether you're retiring uh, or whether you've been you know, elected out of office, but there's no leadership training. Uh, we're looking at this, you know, everyone wants precinct training. Uh, there's not a centralized plan for that. So everyone's kind of cobbling together different things that are out there. And I had one of our, you know, chairs, our second vice chair, reach out to the state for, for map precinct maps. This is something we should be going to the Georgia GOP and not, not even going. We should be handing this information out uh, and getting people ready and starting to identify places where we want candidates to run and creating that winning type of candidate infrastructure like we did in DeKalb County. If you want a first time candidate to run, you've got to help them along uh, in terms of maybe paying for their qualifying fees if they're not in a contested primary, uh, creating an infrastructure for them that has digital uh, services like websites, giving them messaging that you think uh, our state party should be conveying down ballot uh, as a party uh, overall, you know, and but they can certainly customize it for their own voice. But things that can really, uh, what Democrats automatically do, they figured out all their uh, leadership last December. And I'm sure they're just watching us right now, like shaking their heads, like we're going to, we're running circles around them already. If you look at what happened in DeKalb County with the whole Zuckerbuck's um, situation where we had CTCL working for 18 months, 18 months in secret with the DeKalb County leadership, uh, high ranking officials, the COO, CFO, uh, the chairman of the elections board that is a Democrat, they worked really hard over the last nine months, uh, specifically applying for a grant like this in May in secret. And it was all sprung on us in January um, our, at our uh, board of elections meeting. And quite frankly, no one really expected that. It was done you know, on the sly uh, to circumvent SB 202. Fast forward, uh, by springing into action and in, in building a coalition of people between elected officials, uh, whether at the state, you know, at the at the General Assembly, our county, uh, our constitutional officers, and a coalition of national election and integrity people helping and working for the same cause, we were able to introduce SB 222 into the Senate hopper on February 21st, and then have it passed on March 29th. And every single Republican in the Georgia House and the Georgia Senate was present and voted for that bill uh, overall. So if you want to talk about unity of a party, well, there you have it. Regardless of grassroots or elected people that could get a bill through, uh, they did and they delivered. So I'm really proud of something like that. So we need to work, do more of that. 
uh, overall. But again, going back to being a service organization, we need to work with the counties and give them the tools, technologies, and a different method of communicating with voters. We live in a more um, densely populated area. So our voter is younger, uh, more urban, and is much more technology savvy. So communicating with them through postcards in the mail that come, you know, like my runoff election postcards from the Georgia GOP came five and seven days after the election. Uh, well, that served no purpose. But what we did in, in DeKalb during the elections is <coughs> have a whole Facebook advertising campaign for multiple weeks um, and engage down at this down to the, you know, precinct level. Right. And engage with prospective voters, letting them know the top issues about the candidates that they could vote for. Those are the kinds of things we have to put in place. Not every county has that technology savviness. So we need to look, you know, with a state centralized organization where we can put that out there and build those, build that information chain, uh, build that communications chain. We have to reach the voter uh, across the board, because if we just sit there and wait for everyone to vote red, uh, th that didn't happen last time. Uh, but no. it did in the midterms, you yeah. know, but the midterms brought out an extraordinary amount of voters across the board, but it also brought a lot of voters that might not have voted Republican before. So we've got to look at those issues, what brought them to the polls and have them really vote more Republican than Democrat, two to one. You know, I can, I can see one thing that, uh, that the Republican Party has a very big problem with is being reactive, not proactive. And, and, they're, and they're not staying together. You know, that, that's one thing I can give the Democrats. It doesn't matter what they've done. They, they back that person. As soon as a, a Republican, you know, possibly does something wrong, they attack him. I mean, it's like it's like it's like a, a sheep in a lion's den. It's just I mean, they just go after him. And, you know, I that's my biggest problem. Why I haven't ran for uh, public office and, and I'm probably going to this year. Um, uh, honestly, and, and I hate to say it, uh, is that. I'm not a Democrat when I'm a Republican. I'm a constitutionalist. And I, I I don't you have to see both sides of the fence to to make to come with with some you know good perspective. And the, the one thing that I do see that the the Republicans need to to join arms and be more proactive versus the reactive thing because once once you're reactive you're already day late and a dollar short just like the, just like the the postcards coming in late that's reactive it's not proactive and you know i i mean do i support republicans yes because i'm definitely not going to be supporting any democrats <laughs> but 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 most i i personally yeah most constitutional i have a personal problem i have a personal problem ha be being made to declare that i am something i i am human i am not i am not in this field of you know right or left i'm in the center you know what i mean i, I want to see both sides but i would say i'm a conservative a, a, you know, you can ask, you can ask Will. He, I mean, him and I have had long talks and I'm, I'm mm -hmm. definitely conservative, but I just, you know, I go more along the lines of constitutional and, and that we need to stick together, you know, like glue. That's what the Republic or the Democrats are doing. And if, if we, you know, I can get on with a Republican side. I just can't get on with that, with no morals and values. I just, I can't. Yeah. 
Yeah. You're 100% you know, my biggest, right. My that biggest thing is the be. education system. You know, uh, that's what I'm fighting for in Idaho is, you know, I'll be speaking in front of the Idaho State School Board in, um, well, on the 25th and 20th or 26th and 27th of, of this month. And those people are deathly afraid of me because I come there with facts and, and they don't like it. Because Idaho's turning slowly, turning blue because of all of these outsiders that have moved in here because we're, you know, they got tired of what they tore up by their votes. Then they move into into our uh, state and then they just keep voting the same way until it's destroyed and then they'll move on to another red state and destroy it. That's pretty much their game plan. And, and then infiltration. Oh, yeah. There's a huge part of their game plan. Uh, Marcy, you was about to add to that, saying he was he was right. About that. He, he's absolutely right. But the thing what we have to do is figure out ways to communicate with all types of that conservative voters that are more of shared that have shared values. Because I really do believe that most people do not want to see their kids having gender identity crises and. You know, they might play with a Barbie, but that doesn't mean you have to, like, tell them that they're a girl and give them puberty blockers and things like that. Let the mm -hmm. kids be kids. And, and that's where a lot of the parents are seeing outrage. And I think with the COVID and the migration of people, paired that with the fact that we actually saw for the first time what our kids are learning in the schools because they were actually having to be the de facto teacher and sit there with them, making sure that they were learning with them on Zoom. And it was horrific to see that. And then having your rights taken away. Uh, but you did so willingly at the beginning uh, because it was the right thing to do. We were all in this together. And it was, you know, it was patriotic to, you know, stay in your house and never leave it. Uh, and quickly that really turned the tide. Georgia was the first to reopen the country. And that's something I really do think is pretty extraordinary that a lot of people would actually, if they didn't know, uh, would say, you know, Ron DeSantis did that. And he, we were, they were, they were certainly there uh, right in the forefront as was Texas, but Georgia was the first one to actually let the businesses start opening. And I just remember when um, President Trump kind of reamed out Governor Kemp, uh, why does a tattoo parlor or bowling alley have to be essential business? And the fact of the matter is that's essential to somebody right? That's their life and livelihood. And the, why would you be able to tell them that they can't go to their bowling alley, which is their place of business uh, and not open their doors, but, you know, something <coughs> like a, a restaurant could or a nail mm -hmm. salon or something like that. So yeah, uh, and you would COVID yeah. uh, sitting at your table, but from walking from the door to your table, you'd get COVID like, come on. Oh, at 10 o'clock <laughs> at night, right? You yeah. know, at 10 one, it was curfew time. And I remember actually sitting at the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. We were in a private dining room and we were there uh, visiting the White House for Christmas. And this is when President Trump was still in office. And we were we had already visited the White House and got the tour and all that kind of stuff. And they were coming down hard on us because we were not always wearing our masks to try to take a picture in front of the most beautiful trees in the entire country and with each other and everything like that. The security were getting pretty mad at us, but we were, you know, went back to the hotel to have dinner. Everything's closed. So we were in a private dining room and you couldn't even see where we, you know, you couldn't see anything of us, vice versa. So we ordered some wine. It was nine 
about 9.50 and uh, a bottle of wine. And then they come in and they dilly-dally and then they open it. And, oh, then they come in and say we can't drink it because after it was opened – uh, because there's a curfew and I was, we were livid now. <laughs> and I'm like, where's this bottle of wine going to go and help me understand exactly uh, why uh, COVID from 9:58 to 10 uh, was going to kill me uh, and contract it for me by drinking a glass of wine. So I had, you know, yeah. steak with, with lemonade <clears throat> and they oh, confiscated our wine. Uh, and then they really weren't happy that we were there. And I'm like, then why did you bring us dinner? <laughs> you know, I I was threatened with arrest multiple times for not wearing a, a mask, and I I have a legit reason um, for not wearing a mask. I, it gives me severe panic attacks, and um, I I didn't wear a mask on a plane during the whole entire COVID thing. Never, and well, I had as a chin bra. Huh? No. Was it a chin bra? Didn't wear one. No, nothing. Didn't wear one at all. <laughs> I was on yeah. a flight when the whole thing started where we didn't have to wear them. Like the, you remember the, like all of a sudden there was uh, a court um, case that somebody took yeah. it to court. I was literally on an airplane and in the air. Okay. And I see breaking news on my Fox news uh, channel and on my computer, I'm working on my computer and um and I'm looking around and I'm like looking at the breaking news. And I pull the mask off and I'm like watching other people do the same thing. And th then there were the liberal people like horrified, like, oh, my God. And um, so I kind of like, you know, pulled it off and had it, you know, here because I was scared I was going to get yelled at you know, or something. But I by the time we had landed, I took the thing off and threw it in my bag. And I was I walked through that airport and I never felt more free at that moment, then that moment, uh, without the mask on and people were looking at me like, she doesn't have a mask on. And I'm like, you don't need to wear them anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, what do you think, what do you think about the, the cognitive distance with this whole thing and, and where it's going to go from now that with this COVID thing and where do you think the Republican party should take it? I think we're going to, we're already finding out what we already we were told conspiracy theory. Uh, we were conspiracy. Yeah. Well, we were conspiracy theorists, and now we're actually uh, re reality. Uh, what we are, what we thought. For example, yeah. like you look at Twitter and uh, Twitter uh, with Elon Musk exposing them, you know, and all the information. Our information was shared with governments and foreign governments uh, at their leisure, and then we were targeted. Many of us, um, mm -hmm. you know. Constantly, our Facebook accounts were told we were peddling uh, different types of uh, misinformation. I most recently with uh, Hunter Biden put a picture, a funny picture of him wearing underwear and a balloon. You didn't even know it was Hunter Biden. And then when the hearing started, my Facebook account was completely taken um, and locked up for 24 hours as the wow. hearings were on my birthday. On my birthday, and my birthday is like such a fun time on Facebook because I do birthday posts for everybody and vice versa. And I couldn't respond to a single birthday post until 11 o'clock that night because it happened um, the day in the morning, you know. So they locked me up for like 12 hours or 14 hours or something like that. And I, I felt like I was completely silenced and I was so mad about that. 
Um, so having that power over us and censorship, we've got to fight back on all those types of things and the root cause and the source of COVID. Well, as they're clearly stating right now, it was not something of a wild, you know, bat in a market or yeah, something. Market, yeah. Whatever the heck that is. Um, yeah. It was manipulated in a lab and they were careless and they let it out and killed yeah. millions and millions of people. Um, yeah. And, 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 and that, that's being light with it to say that they, they careless, carelessly uh, let it out. You know? Completely carelessly. So what I really yeah. admire is our Republicans in Congress right now in the House of Representatives that are actually where there's a majority that they're fighting back and yeah. they're holding people accountable. Uh, we need to get the Senate back. We sort of missed that opportunity on the last one here in Georgia, but we there's other places that have a Senate run in 2024. We need to get our White House back. We need to get law and order back in our country, not just law and order. We need to get sanity back. Uh, the fact of the matter is there's been drag shows for years and years out there. Uh, there are nightclubs, you know, they're after hours. There's it requires somebody to be 21 uh, mm -hmm. and up to go. This is not something that you want, you know, you would not bring your child to. Uh, certainly no. that kind of performer, uh, you know, you wouldn't do a uh, wet t-shirt contest or a strip dance uh, in a library, in a, you know, a school auditorium. That's no. not acceptable. There's a time and a place for everything. I have no issue with any of those things. I've been to many of those types of things and they're pretty entertaining, quite frankly, but I was certainly well over 21 and it was a decision that I made that was an apparent decision making for my child and really confusing Correct. the heck out of them. So we've got to just get normalcy and sanity back uh, in our country. It's not even just um, and we need to make sure all of our rights are restored. First Amendment and retain our Second Amendment rights, taking you know, force the laws that are there. You look what happened in Chicago this past weekend and they barely arrested anybody. They're burning cars, they're vandalizing and they're like a total mob uh, overall. And they're, the police were understaffed or they didn't, they were too scared to arrest anybody. Uh, yeah. in downtown Chicago, And that hundreds of kids and they, you know, <coughs> burnt multiple cars, like a Tesla, $120,000 Tesla, no consequences whatsoever. You know, I've got to go to Chicago in a few weeks for a work event I'm actually very concerned about going because this is the same area that my dinner is going to be, my event's going to be hosted at. Um, it, it, you have to have law and order in your cities. You have to have sanity in your lives. And, you know, we, we can get all along, but we've just got to get back out of the complete outer planet of lunacy uh, and back to just normalcy. Well, it's, you know it's, just, it, it's just a bunch of Marxist individuals that believe in the same theory of Karl Marx and they're just total chaos, you know, to, to get rid of every system. Um, and, and it's lead to chaos. And I actually queued up a video already of, uh, from one of these instances, uh, that took place over the weekend. And, and if, if we don't, you know, take a stand, uh, and it may be that the House of Representatives have to take a, a stand somewhere. Uh, uh, you know, if the if the if the president, if, if the if the people on the local level, and, and I hate to get in that intrusive type thing, but we the people have to be protected from this stuff. Um, I want to go ahead and, and play a, a little bit of this clip from I believe this is Channel Seven News. 
and uh, we'll get you guys a tape on it. Looters ransack a Compton gas station, and it was all caught on camera. Video into our newsroom shows hundreds of people crowding in Arco near Central and Alondra. After smashing the door, dozens of looters flooded into the store, grabbing anything they could. L.A. Sheriff's deputies tell us there were thousands of dollars worth of merchandise stolen and a thousand more in damages. This as deputies deal with numerous street takeovers throughout the city. Deputies say they couldn't intervene because of safety concerns as they were very outnumbered. Only one arrest was <laughs> made last night related to those takeovers. Hello, I'm Mark Brown. Point exactly, right? ABC7 yeah, it, it's crazy that they would, you know, just allow this to happen. And it's almost like 2020 all over again. Where so they just let them... Most people don't realize that the gas station itself is owned by a small business person. They might own one or two. Uh, so they they work with a, in a franchise type of situation with acute, uh, you know, different BP, different gas companies out there. They don't make really anything out of the gas uh, itself. It's the convenience <coughs> store that they provide. Uh, in their location. So they make, that's why things are marked up so high, right? In a convenience store, you don't go, you do your food shopping there. You're sort of a captive audience when you're on the road. Uh, that's where their lives and livelihoods are invested is in their stores, not in the gas tanks outside. So what just happened was potentially destroyed an entire uh, family business uh, and, and, and they couldn't stop what happened. Uh, thank God nobody was shot and killed uh, in yeah. the process. You know, but the fact of the matter is I got to go to San Francisco next week <laughs> um, and uh, I'm concerned about going. Uh, I have to go for work and there's it's a food desert there uh, in, in a whole like convention area. It's a restaurant desert there and you have to take, you know, Lyft or Uber around uh, just to go three blocks where you normally would walk because it's just not safe. So. Yeah. Uh, when I was there last, last time, I was year, down. Time, it was disgusting. Uh, I yep. still can't unsee what I saw. I saw, you know, people lying on the street uh, on blankets or, and they look like zombies. Um, yeah. Mostly men uh, that were completely look like devoid of being human that were defecating, shooting up, um, doing whatever, you know, there because they didn't, and I'm not chastising them from being homeless, but they were so out of their minds and drugs. They were throwing up, they were vomiting. Um, it was just like walking through hell. Yeah. This is all by design. A hundred percent by design. All by design. Yep. Yeah. I, and I, you know, I, I was down there, uh, in 2021 and uh, down in San Francisco and, uh, we ended up going to Martinez, uh, where my aunt lives. I flew into San Francisco and then we went through the through the city and then uh, over to Martinez. And even in Martinez, this little point town on the bay, uh, there was, I would say, probably within a half a block, there was probably 70, 80 needles in the gutter. Wow. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. Wow. That's why That's why we got her moved up here to Idaho because she's wow. like, I can't do this. She you know, was afraid of even going out to go grocery shopping. If she could find a grocery store that was open. Yeah. yeah. You know where this all stems from is is this whole Yuri Bezimov, uh ideological subversion and 
and the the demoralization of our nation it's been going on since the 60s i mean if people don't see it i'm sorry like you need to open your eyes even if you're on the republican side uh if you haven't seen this um you know definitely need to look into it yeah because you know it, it, this is all by design everything that's been going on is by design I mean, if you guys didn't see Event 201, I, I mean, we all knew COVID was coming, you know? Yeah, they. I mean, they, they had a meeting. They had a meeting of all the great minds to, to come together, to sit at the table and 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 put the what-ifs out there, you know? And and really, it was, it, it was a plan. It was a plan. It, it was a plan, but they put it together at the, at the event where they all sat around the table and toss these ideas out there. I mean, even our House, uh, our uh, Congress, you know, back in uh, 2015, 2014, I believe it was, uh, there was video um, that surfaced, resurfaced about them going through what would happen if uh, this, if a virus or something escaped and, and how it would affect different places. Um, yeah, and- war gaming is what, the, what it's called. Exactly. You're right. That's the, yep. that's the terminology. Yep. Yep. So Mars, Mars, what, what do you think about, uh, this whole, you know, this whole world economic forum and, and what they're doing. And I mean, you know, Bill Gates even said that he, you know, we're going to have another pandemic. He said it out and out, you know, without a doubt, there's going to be another pandemic. Well, first and foremost, I think we've all learned a lot. Uh, and I don't think we're going to go back and uh, lock ourselves in our houses and wear masks again. And Amen. Uh, I, I can tell you right now, I won't do that again. Uh, you'll laugh. Some people were going to the grocery store. I was calling. I was ordering my bulk ammo. So, um, and yeah. I still have a good stockpile. Amen. Of it. Amen. <laughs> but, uh, but we 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 have to be. We have to. Um, control our own destiny and uh, be willing to, to, to fight back um, against basically a mob. Yeah. No. And, and let me, let me say this. And uh, you mentioned uh, fighting back against uh, the mob because what, what we also are looking at and they're beginning to talk about it um, on from the House of Representatives up in the in the, uh, uh, the Congress is that these George Soros funded district attorneys all across the country. I believe it's about at least seventy of them that he's bankrolled and funded with with tens of millions of dollars uh, in these positions that are really allowing these things to take place, you know, such as the video we just watched, uh, where if a sheriff or deputy or officer were to arrest someone, if a district attorney doesn't uh, bring a charge enough against them, then they just walk free, you know. And uh, where are you at on that? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think we have to make our own investments. That's why I keep talking about, thinking about the kitchen table politics and really putting candidates on the ballot in places where we can be that we, the things that have people in places that have not been competitive before we make them mm. competitive. But, but if you have nobody running against these DAs or uh, they go unopposed or it's a bunch of, you know, like you look at the situation in Chicago, 
at worst possible. You, when you think you couldn't get worse of Lori Lightfoot, you get this new guy who wants to defund the police. And then you have a total raging mob uh, this past weekend and he blames the businesses. And then he says they don't yeah. have their own safe spaces. So, you know, at some point, businesses are going to pack it up and go. Um, and what's going to be left is looking like San Francisco, you know, a zombie town. And, you know, these places we've got to say, you know, I live in the second bluest County, so I know what zombie towns look like, um, and crazy trains uh, across the board. That's why what we were able to do, we, you know, and get, put people on the ballot and make these people work. You might get lucky in one of these two races and that's a start, right? You chip away a little further and all of a sudden, you know, you start having more people on, you know, elected officials than they do. Because believe it or not, in DeKalb County, it was the reddest county in the state of Georgia in the 1930s. Wow. Now, fast forward 100 years later, we're the second bluest county. But that's because people, you know, were apathetic. They're like, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Or they just moved to other parts of Georgia and said, okay, whatever. But there are people that are here that don't really have that same belief system that actually want to take their schools back. They want to take their cities back. They want to feel safe in their neighborhoods. Uh, they don't really want the crazy uh, across the board. So we have to get involved. We can't just scream from the couch and say, Hey, I'm mad. I can't like, you know, yell at somebody on Facebook or be in an echo chamber in social media. That's actually one of the more dangerous things actually about social media where, you know, we've partitioned off into, safe places, right, that have people with similar ideology, and we're just yelling at each other versus actually having actual debates. Dialogue, and conversations. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I can I tell you right now. Nobody, nobody listens anymore. They just want to yell, whether it's from a keyboard or, 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 block you. or you know, yeah. social media or something like that. We've got to yeah. start listening to each other again and find that <laughs> common ground. Uh, but we've also got to put forth candidates um, that are uh, willing to put themselves out there because it is a tough thing to do uh, across the board. There's a lot of sacrifices. There's a time commitment and you might not win quite frankly. And that's, that's really tough uh, across the board, especially you're going to put them in places that are, they might not have the majority overall, but it gives a reason for the minority to come out and vote. And what I've seen in a lot of these municipal elections, uh, they don't come out to vote anyway. So you look at three, five, 9%, of the voting electorate, voting electorate coming out. Well, where's the 90 97%? Somebody's got to be saying in there, come out and vote for the people. You get what you vote for. And That's so, right. But, but you also have to have candidates out there that are willing to be out there. So we need more DAs that are willing to, you know, um, enforce the laws that are there, not try to be a lawmaker or, or participate in lawfare, uh, like certain uh, Fannie Willis and, you know, the guy in New York city is or doing politics period or politics. Do yeah, exactly. Do your job and fighting crime. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. you know, people are dying in the streets. They're getting murdered. Their property is getting destroyed and they're scared and they're leaving. So you have a desert, your, your property values go down, your schools go in the tank. Uh, nobody wants to come there, you know, overall. So, uh, you know, nobody's clamoring to go to California right now. Yeah, I want to I want to give uh, some shout outs right quick uh, before we go further. Um, just really appreciate this uh, the mad love and support over in the foxhole. Um, uh, of course, one lady preacher, you always manning 
the foxhole for comment section, even while we're doing this show. So we appreciate you and the love and support that you show over there. Brainstorm, thank you so much uh, for the gold pills. Lori uh, underscore 1717, we definitely appreciate uh, your continued support. Um, and everyone else with all of your comments and your mad love and continue uh, to support uh, the show. Let us go to a little infomercial and we'll be right back. And if you would, Marcy, um, when we come back, I would love for you, uh, before we get out of here, to talk to some ways that we can get uh, these candidates and stuff uh, uh, to run uh, people we the people motivated to run for office. And the let's Mandela 2.0 commercial. Miss Makeup. Well, you look good. And action. You're sleeping even better. We've got the best pillow ever. My Pillow 2.0. He's a great name for a Cut. We got it. Welcome to the set of the My Pillow 2.0, the most amazing pillow in history. That new technology is still the My Pillow's patented fill, and now we have new technology we didn't have back when I invented My Pillow that's going to help you sleep. It's absolutely amazing, and you're the first ones that can check it out. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code on your screen, and we brought back the buy one, get one free. All right, guys, make sure when you go to uh, MyPatriot, MyPillow.com, that you please uh, use promo code Show. A-P-C-O Show. Uh, to my pillow. Also, remember our monthly com- contributor, Dr. Jim Meehan. Uh, if you go to MeehanMD.com, please use promo code APCO Show. Show. And of course, we have to remember make honey great again. Where you can get pure, raw, ultra, mega honey and get it discounted when you use promo code APCO SHOW. APCO SHOW. Thank you very much. So, um, before, before we go into, um, into this any, uh, further, uh, Marcy, I would like you to take time. Um, I imagine there's some things you may want to do, uh, with funding that, um, before you get to, uh, talking about how, um, we can get more people activated to, uh, run for office, but, some kind of way people can support you in your run for state office, if you would. 
Um, I, I have a website, but please go forward. Well, thank you. I definitely would appreciate the support of your, your viewers out there. My website is marcymccarthy.us. So it's M-A-R-C-I-M-C-C-A-R-T-H-Y.us. And there's the ability to donate button there. Uh, any amount helps. I'm running a statewide campaign and uh, it is expensive to go out on the road uh, quite over the state. We have a big state in Georgia and 159 counties. And so far I've been to about 25 of them. And I look forward to going to more of them as many as possible before my election and continuing to do that uh, after hopefully I'm elected. So thank you for your support. Yeah, so I'm sending, some, sending a some picture I, to my aunt. Jimmy. Oh, so, sorry. I was just I was taking a picture of your of your website, so I can text it to my aunt because they live down in Palmetto, Georgia, and oh, thank uh, you. and my cousins. Well, so. thank you very much. And you can follow me on uh, Twitter at MarcyMcCarthy.us as well, or MarcyMcCarthyUS on Twitter, and I'm also that on Facebook. And Getter. <laughs> You're, you're spread out a lot of places. <laughs> yeah. So what um what are your what are your thoughts or the main things that we can do uh to get um to get uh, uh people actually motivated? Uh, and let me say this: oh, in in our county last election, um Republicans, uh you know. Uh, through all of our measures and precinct strategies, there were a lot of um, Republicans that decided not to come out, uh, feeling that their votes, uh, you know, in a sense, didn't count. How do you combat that? And how do you get people encouraged to run for office, being that you guys had so many? Well, first and foremost, you got to build a community and build trust. So we took away... Um, we also took away some of the financial barriers. So what we were able to do is pay for the qualifying fee if you were running in a race that you were unopposed. So what we did is looked at the map, where did you live, uh, and sort of divided up and sort of decided amongst ourselves because we were in a place, certainly, that wouldn't have a lot of competition at the primary level uh, to ensure we had those candidates on the ballot. And then... Um, what they wanted to run for, where their passion was. So we had three school board candidates and we had, and we did a lot of recruiting. So we started calling friends and family say, Hey, would you try to do this? And I I'm going to be honest, it was a little bit of, um, excuse my language, but shits and giggles at first, like, Oh, we just put names on the ballot. That would be kind of cool. Um, and then all of a sudden it daunted on us. We were on the, when I took everybody down to the Capitol on qualifying day, and that was really amazing. Um, all of a sudden we walk in one after the other to, to the qualifying room and they're like, where are you from? We're like the cab County to cab County to cab County. And then we sit on the stairs and took a great big picture and said, we're here. And um, our energy was born and we created an amazing team. We had on many Sunday, we used the primary season because we're all running on a post uh, except for our school board candidates as a training um, opportunity. So every, you know, many Sundays we were in a training room, uh, learning how to 
fundraise. We are learning how to build websites. We are learning how to, what our communication strategy was, how to run the finance because uh, of, of a campaign, because all the filings, it's actually quite a bit to it. Uh, where to get your yard signs and how to connect with a person, at the, a stranger on the other side of the door that might have shared values with you and introduce yourself, how to do an interview on a radio show. Uh, by the end of the whole thing, I mean, they were rock stars. It was awesome. We had them doing their pitches and uh, they were professional candidates. They actually ran circles somewhere around the social media and their outreach around some of these Democrats across the board. So we've got to create that candidate infrastructure. We've got to create the inspiration uh, and be a team when we're doing it, not work against each other, but work together as one with the whole aspect of let's make those Democrats work harder. We work smarter. Uh, when we're united because we need each other to win. Well, so, the, the, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Jim. I want you to go ahead. Yeah, working cohesively is is a big thing that I see the Republicans are not doing. That Just like I said earlier, I mean, you, you have to be pro or, yeah, proactive versus reactive. I mean, you got to get out ahead of this. If, if we're going to get our country back, and I mean, obviously, we need to have opposition. We can't just have one party. But, True that. you know, you know, I I am all about you know having dialect, but it needs to be good dialect, and and not just because just because you disagree with me means that you want want me to be silent. That you know that that doesn't work in this country. I mean, it. it that, I mean, that's what that's what has got us here to this point to where we're at, and we need to get out of it. Yeah, what what you did, what what you guys did was um, amazing with that. What uh, was it? Um, uh, was it some? Did you guys have the tools within your party to have these uh, teaching sessions, or did you guys bring in someone? And was it was it costly, or were there people willing to come in uh, to give these training sessions? Yeah, so pro bono. You know, we created an investor organization where we have our uh, people donating reoccurring like $25 and $50 a month to the DeKalb GOP outside of membership. Uh, we ran our breakfast and events, uh, you know, with sponsorships. So we had some profitability with those uh, uh, events. So we were able to build up a war chest and invest in the candidates first and foremost. So the data we were able to get from the from the Georgia GOP, Georgia victory, although it was kind of, and some of the tools were, you know, they're, they're okay. Uh, they could be a lot better uh, overall, but that's, it is what it is. Um, we were able to do all the training was done for free. We had a training center of one of our members who was also one of our candidates that would allow us to go to her training center at her office building. And then I reached out to everybody in my Rolodex and said, hey, can you come out and teach us media training? Hey, can you teach us how to run a campaign? Hey, can you teach us how to do this? I've got 25 candidates here that want to learn. And you know what? People wanted to give us a chance. You know, they were like, and I said, it could be an opportunity for you for your own, you know, consulting business. Um, but we'd love to have you come in and share your expertise with us because we're first time candidates. And we're going to do something really special and different. And I had nobody tell me no uh, whatsoever. Wow. Awesome. Wow. And um, people wanted to come actually and help us. Uh, and they, they were pretty excited about it. And we built a team. Um, and then what we did with our precinct people, 
uh, chairs and members of the precinct is deployed them where there were candidates. So we were getting out the vote in places where there are candidates versus just arbitrarily getting people out to vote uh, in a in a place. I don't really want to drive the vote out for Democrats. So I wanted to get them out there. So that's how we doubled our voter turnout. Wow. As of the money that we also raised, we focused on places where we saw that were an opportunity. So it was couple um, house, there was three house districts and one Senate district that had the most viability of all the different uh, locations uh, that we had candidates with. And that's where we put our paid resources towards. So we had paid canvassing where we did have access to better data um, and then built a campaign around kitchen table politics around school safety or community, um, better education, things that matter to people um, in their everyday lives. Uh, and the coloring of our materials was a red shade of purple. So it was not bright red. It wasn't screaming Republican on it. Uh, it was still there. It said, you know, paid for by the DeKalb Republican Party, but it was done in a discreet manner. So it wasn't like, hey, we're in your face in the second bluest county. Um, let's build a relationship. Uh, that's how we got people to come out and explain, you know, they would ask, are you a Democrat or Republican when you come to the door and you say Republican? We knew we were knocking on a Republican door and they were like, wait, what? There's a Republican on the other side of my door here in DeKalb County. Yeah. And you have a candidate standing right here. Yeah. Really? I vote for that person. And then they'd have to have a conversation. And asking them questions. And even if they weren't really Republican, they were more sort of independent or a little more skeptical. They could ask yeah. any question that they wanted, you know, about what, what mattered to them. And all of our push cards had a very similar set of mess. It, it was the same message, but it was skinned in a different manner for each candidate with the personality. So how they the card looked a little bit in their website all was, you know, a branding type of endeavor. But ultimately, the messaging was identical uh, and we put the messaging together uh, in one voice. So we wanted to ensure that we had um, a unified message of what we stood for. So nobody had, you know, we were, when we were learning in our classes and putting on our materials and making those investments, um, we were able to learn together and say the same things, uh, but just made it a little bit different for each of us in terms of our own personality of how we delivered that. But it was still the same message ultimately. Wow. That's Amazing. Great. That's great. Like, and then we did I, paid I wish, advertising on Facebook as well and engaged that way and leveraged it. I, I wish you could go around the country and, and teach precincts this. Honestly, that like, what you're doing is amazing. I, I'm just sitting here trying to grasp all of this and, and like suck it in so I can. I have some friends that are in the uh, precinct, precinct committeemen and trying to you know give them as much knowledge as I can, I can pass down from what you've what you've been learning and doing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Marcia, Marcia, all across platforms uh, that we're streaming to, they're loving you. They, uh, and we, we definitely appreciate you coming on. I don't want, want you to feel like you're being held hostage. So I, I won't, no, I won't keep you. It, 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 you've definitely been gracious with your time. And I know you, you, you're, you're constantly busy. Um, and uh, we we appreciate you uh, so much. Um, definitely want to get you back sometime in the future uh, on the show, and uh, you know talk about some more things. You've definitely given us a lot of things uh, to think about, and even as as a, a, a chairman, 
uh, in our county. Um, I, I'm definitely, like I said from the get-go, I was gleaning from you. You gave me a lot to glean from you. And I I, I don't know that we, I, I'm pretty sure we've crossed paths before, but I don't know that we've actually got to meet. Um, but I feel like uh, you might have been at one of Sally's event over in Cobb and we we crossed paths over there because I I've uh, been to a couple of their events and you know and uh, and uh, got to stream as just as a a, a content creator and uh, influencer. Uh, but uh, looking forward to next time seeing you got seeing uh, all of you guys on a different level, um, and we we certainly appreciate you and I hope you get a little bump uh, from being on our, our show. All right. I appreciate you much. All right. You have a blessed one. We will not hold you up any longer. Uh, you, you, uh, you go out and do some great things. Um, it's just, it's just wonderful hearing you say what you're saying and hopefully you can get that position and, um, and really make some changes, some impactful changes that will help our state, uh, implement much of what you've said. Well, thank you. Vote for me for first vice chair for Georgia GOP if you're a delegate on June 9th and 10th. Our election day is actually June 10th, but we'll all be together at the state convention in Columbus, Georgia. So looking forward to seeing everybody. And thanks again for having me tonight. I enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, Crystal and I both are delegates. Uh, so we'll be, we'll be down there in the convention. Looking forward to it. Looking forward right. to seeing you there. Thanks. Yes. Thanks for having all right. Uh-huh. It was our pleasure. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let me get this thing working. There we go. Boom. Wow. What Dude, information. So much information. Holy smokes. <laughs> I'm like, my brain's smoking right now. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to, I'm just sitting here like going, okay, all right. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm going to have to end up going back and, 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 and watching it later on just to. And take some notes, man, on this because it, it was really, really good information. Very uh, well spoken, man. Like, very well spoken. Yeah, well, and I, but I've seen her from afar, and what, how effective she's been. Uh, and I was, um, and and quite frankly, I was humbled that she would even be willing to come on the show because I know that uh, she's on like a board with Governor you know, counselor, you know, to the governor and all these kind of different things. She, so many things that she didn't even list that she's a part of and for her to take time, you know, because, and you can see why she's on, on in very, in, in hot demand and, and yeah. why people uh, want uh, her, her, her uh, influence or her, her, um, her guidance. Yeah. What she has brought to DeKalb County is, is proactive. You know, mm -hmm. not just reactive. I mean, yeah, when she got there, it was probably more reactive, just like she was saying about the, you know, the the postcards and stuff. They didn't. They showed up like five to seven days late. You know that that's you know that's one thing the Democrats do. They stick together like glue. I mean, like they're thicker than thieves. Yeah, you're right, and and I'm glad you brought that out because they will. I mean. You get one one little flaw, you know, over here, you know, some ha come up that happened 20 years ago or whatever. Republicans will beat them down over it, you know. Yep. And and them, they'll act like it wasn't nothing. They'll act like it wasn't nothing and just keep on pushing. 
and and won't never leave them out the high and dry until they cross them. If they cross them, you better believe. That's why they run a tight ship over there. If they crawl, any one of them get out of line, oh, they gone. Yeah, they, they done. Yeah, like literally gone. Like not on the planet no more. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> they get the Hillary Clinton this going on. Hey, look, I'm gonna um, let Sorry. you. You know, you gotta. You want? You got anything you want to really share with the with the people? But I'm gonna get ready to get up out of here, man. No, I'm good. No, we're good. You're uh, good. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you, you thank you, Jimmy. Thank you, man. Um, I, I, you know, I honestly see the uptick or uh, the bump that we've gotten over the uh, the last uh, last few last month or two, couple of months, really. Um, and I, I really appreciate that support. Um, uh, hopefully, the the financial side will catch up with the viewing side, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's it, it's it's appreciated because we're getting the truth out. We're getting a message out uh, that people can can relate to, and people can yeah. can share. People can get out to others uh, with this information uh, to to yeah. help save our country, and that's that's what it, it comes down to is is really the ultimately saving our country. Because if we can do, we can have everything else, we can do all these other things and. Uh, you know, but if we don't save this country from this onslaught of wickedness that is coming at us and we don't save our children, there is no future. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. So I appreciate you joining with us. All right. God bless you, bro. Uh, till next week. Um, uh, we'll look forward to to it. All right. God bless you. Yes, sir. The same bad channel, same bad time. Yeah. Wow. That was, that was excellent. Um, so thankful on the hell, uh, co-hosts, uh, like Jimmy and, uh, the information, um, that was just given to us. I mean, back to back weeks, basically we've had great, uh, interviews and, um, let's keep it going. All right. God bless you guys. We're going to go ahead and get out of here in Jesus name. And uh, I appreciate it. We thank you. Hi, I'm Marcy McCartney, and I'm running for the first vice chair of the Georgia Republican Party. I want to share with you my thoughts on why it's time to elect leadership to reinvent the Georgia GOP and how we can get ahead and why we need each other to win. First and foremost, I fight Democrats, not Republicans, and win. As Republicans, we have an opportunity to make our state party a year-round service organization. I want us to build on my success as the DeKalb GOP chairman, where we doubled Republican voter turnout in the midterm primary from 2018 to 2022, and increased the margins of victory by tens of thousands of votes in the general, which directly contributed to the re-election of Governor Kemp and the election of all our Republican constitutional officers. For the first time in decades, in the second bluest county, we make Democrats work harder and Republicans work smarter. We put 25 candidates on the ballot in the primary and then 17 in the general. We invested in many of them and took the financial burden off the table by paying for their qualifying fee with the caveat of running unopposed in the primary. 
This allowed our candidates to go head to head with a Democrat in the general. Georgia Republicans won on November 8, 2022, thanks to a strong slate of candidates, their positions on issues that matter to voters, and a targeted ground game. All of these factors are critical to win again in a battleground state with a growing group of independent, swing, diverse, and younger voters. By creating a candidate-driven infrastructure, we can inspire the talent that is comprised of a new generation of leaders that will govern and share our conservative values. It's time for the Georgia GOP to adopt a year-round approach working continuously during and between election years to maintain a field organization that leverages an intelligent digital infrastructure and stays connected with our county GOPs. You may ask, what does a year-round service organization mean? It means that we bring a year-round infrastructure for future electoral success. The methods that won us elections in the last few decades are just no longer effective. We will work continuously during and between election years to maintain a field organization that leverages an intelligent digital infrastructure and stays connected with our county GOPs. We will invest in a data-driven field program that is anchored in doors and calls and supported by targeted texts, direct mail, digital ads, where we can get out the vote earlier, empowering our grassroots, and increase voter engagement, and most importantly, electing winning candidates. I wanna share with you my inspiration as to why I got involved. Like many of you, what is near and dear to our hearts is ensuring fitness, faith, integrity, and trust in our elections. The Election Integrity Act of 2021, also known as SB202, has brought forth new voter protections and has restored voter confidence. But ensuring fitness in our elections requires a proactive mindset and ongoing vigilance. The most recent example is the Georgia General Assembly's passing of SB222, now the blueprint for slamming the door on the Zuckerbucks loophole in Georgia and nationwide. Funded by Mark Zuckerberg's Center for Tech and Civic Life, DeKalb County was the testing ground for the Democrats to funnel private money to influence and buy Georgia's elections. It was a huge team effort and a heavy lift in a short period of time, but it came down to strong leadership and the ability to build trusted relationships with a common goal of fitness. When you talk about unity amongst the Republican Party, well, this is a real example, not just an empty campaign promise. This is why we need each other to win. I'm a person who gets things done. I'm someone who says something, does something, and over delivers. I will do that by continually working with and engaging with our county GOP congressional or A mob of looters ransack a Compton gas station and it was all caught on camera. A video into our newsroom shows hundreds of people crowding in Arco near Central and Alondra. After smashing the door, dozens of looters flooded into the store, grabbing anything they could. L.A. Sheriff's deputies tell us there were thousands of dollars worth of merchandise stolen and a thousand more in damages. This as deputies deal with numerous street takeovers throughout the city. 
Deputies say they couldn't intervene because of safety concerns as they were very outnumbered. Only one arrest was made last night related to those takeovers. Hello, I'm Mark. We're being corralled into this box where we either have to hate Vladimir Putin and believe everything evil that's said about him and love Ukraine, and there's no in between. And that reminds me a lot of you're either a white supremacist or you go with the Democrat narrative on everything under the sun. The most lethal terrorist threat to the homeland today white supremacy uh, and i i want to understand white rage and i'm white i mean there's as much right. interference here as you could possibly imagine before right. we and even Laura. get to hunter biden nancy pelosi john Kerry, mm -hmm. mitt romney and all of their children who are millions from ukrainian you are gas pointing. companies these days it's hard to believe anything because they've lied about <laughs> covid they lied about russia collusion they lied about the ukraine impeachment trial and there's so much more going on in ukraine that nobody is talking about does ukraine have chemical or biological weapons uh, my job as a journalist is to try to understand what is the truth here. I don't like being lied to, and we're being lied to on an epic scale. When we're told your only choice is you have to be 100% with Zelensky. Who's a puppet who you can find on the internet in black stilettos and leather pants. Zelensky was selected like so many of our leaders. And honestly, with big tech and with election fraud these days, we don't know how many leaders all around the world have been yeah. selected for us and weren't actually voted in. How to build back better. We have to build back better. Build back better. If Donald Trump gets the Republican nomination, there are many of us that will move heaven and earth to ensure he doesn't win. We are fighting the same battles all over the world. To pretend that this war is about Russia and Ukraine is a bare-faced lie. Yeah. Putin has been warning for 15 years that he is not going to stand by while the globalists take over the world, build bioweapons facilities and whatever else they're doing in Ukraine. Ukraine has been a center of money laundering for many of the leaders in this country. Billions of U.S. dollars have been laundered through Ukraine and we say nothing about it. Does nobody question these things? We have an well, idiot uh, like Lieutenant Colonel Vindman. Mr. Vindman, Lieutenant Colonel Vindman, please. Do you always insist on civilians calling you by your rank? And sits there as a lieutenant colonel. He didn't even make colonel. And he's telling the president of the United States what his policy should be. You have a traitor in the form of Maria Yovanovitch, who was Obama's ambassador, who's telling Ukrainian government officials, don't listen to the will of the American people. In his July 25th phone call with Ukrainian President Zelensky, the president badmouthed Yovanovitch, calling her bad news. I was shocked, absolutely shocked. And then she's given a cushy job for life at Georgetown University. And we're told that the president of the United States cannot say to his foreign counterparts that we want you to look into something. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Oh. And they put in place someone who was solid. So much hypocrisy and dishonesty here, and Ukraine is at well. the center of it all. Please uh, keep Crystal and I in your prayers as we strive to do the will of God for our lives, knowing that no matter what happens, we're all in this together. And where we go one, we go all. And you can always find the original plan of salvation in your Bibles in the book of Acts, the second chapter and the 38th verse. God bless you. We love you. Look forward to seeing you. Um, I will be having a meeting on tomorrow night. Uh, it 
just like Monday, it could bleed on over um, into just not even being able to make it. And yes, it is a church night, so not not liking it, but I committed to it and I'll follow through to it.